Love it. Well, church, today we'll, um, we're talking about this whole three weeks. We're talking about um, Walk With Me is our series, Walk With Me. But as I posted on my social media this week, Walk With Me is not a three-week series, it's a lifestyle, <laughs> okay? We're talking for three weeks about walking with me, walking, not me, Jodie, but walking with Jesus, that's the idea. But I don't want you to come and come to church and be like, oh, three weeks, yes, I'm going to walk with Jesus for three weeks. This is encouraging you to enter into a lifestyle of walking with him. And so last week, Pastor Katie Haldane was here from our Sydney team. She smashed it out of the park. Um, can I encourage you, if you weren't here, if you missed it, if you missed any Sundays, you can go onto iTunes podcast and you can search C3 Penrith and it has all of our preachers, our messages on there. So um, make sure you go on there and listen to some of the ones that you haven't heard because they're good. <laughs> Especially when Pastor Tim preached the other week. Oh my goodness. He hasn't left and gone to have brunch, by the way. He's actually out with our children. He's going to bring the Holy Spirit fire to the kids this morning, which is so good. So I'm um, talking today about prayer. Now, I have a problem. Quite a few, actually. <laughs> but this significant one is that in the natural, I am strong, I am capable, I am fairly independent... You may have learned that about me if you've known me for five minutes. Um, however, the problem is that this can often lead me to rely far too much on my natural ability instead of leaning on God and his supernatural ability, his power, his enabling, his strength, his might. And actually, my other problem is that I'm raising a mini-me. <laughs> So pray for me, church. <laughs> oh, wow. Everything that frustrates me about her, I see in myself. <laughs> it's very special. <laughs> and a shout out to everyone sitting here who has children who made it to church. Today, Frankie was wild and wildly awful. Kayla was at our house this morning and she was probably like, what the heck is going on? Anyway, good times. <laughs> but, you know... Um, it's quite funny, I messaged, um, so as we've said a few times, we've got 11 locations all around Sydney and I messaged a couple of the other location pastors who also have young families, two of my friends, Tammy at Oxford Falls and Kiralee at Mossman, because we're the only three that have a young family and um, I messaged them this morning, I was like, hey girls, shout out to us with young children, like doing the location pastor thing and they're like... They're, all three of us are preaching this morning and they, they said to me, yes, it's taking the message of prayer to a whole new level. <laughs> uh, but hey, you don't have to have children to require prayer. Let me just say that. Can I say, church, prayer is the key to unlock the riches of heaven. Prayer is what brings heaven to earth. We don't pray to receive victory. We don't pray to receive the breakthrough. We don't pray to receive freedom. We actually need to pray from the place of victory. We need to pray from the place of freedom. We need to pray from the place of breakthrough and because he's, Jesus has already done it. He's done the work. So we need to pray from a place of it is done. We need to pray from a place of it is finished. Not praying, oh God, please, 
please, begging him, but standing and believing that this is what he says, this is what his word says, declaring the word of God, praying from that place of victory. I love, um, Pastor Katie talked about last week, the book of Ephesians. She talked oh, so beautifully about the word, but she said, you know, the, key, the beautiful thing about Ephesians is that Ephesians 1 to 5 teaches us who we are in Christ. And then Ephesians 6 talks about going to war, warfaring in prayer. But she said, what we often do is we go straight to Ephesians 6 and we start warfaring in prayer, but we don't actually have an understanding of who we are in Christ. And we actually need to pray from a position of understanding who we are in Christ, who he says we are, what the work on the cross, his resurrection has achieved for us. That is the key. I love Pastor Bobby Houston. She says this thing. She says, let prayer do the heavy lifting. How often do we try and do everything in our own strength and just go throughout our day and like sometimes I'll do it. I'll get to the end of the day and I'll just think, what a struggle. And then I think, did I even invite God into my day today? Did I even, you know, Walk with him throughout the day. I love that verse in the message where he says, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burnt out on religion? Come to me and I will give you rest. I will show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me, talk with me, work with me, and I will show you the rhythms of grace. I love that. I Like, you know, the rhythm when you get a bit of rhythm and you want to dance, like you just, you know, I don't know anyone else there, and you just start to, yeah, hello. <laughs> me and Frankie, we like to dance around the house a little bit. <laughs> a lot, actually. But, um... You know, like the rhythm, there's, there's a rhythm, it gets you dancing. And I, I love, I picture the rhythm of grace is like a dance with the Holy Spirit. That's what I picture our, our daily lives. The Holy Spirit wants us to like dance with him throughout our day. To, it's a rhythm of grace and ease. There's an ease upon it. You know, um, this week, every, not every Wednesday, but a lot of Wednesdays I go to our Oxford Falls location, because that's where kind of like the main, that's our north hub, and we have all our staff meetings and location past meetings and stuff like that there. And um, sometimes I can video in, but sometimes I go down in the flesh. And um, so I went down this week, and normally what I do, I go, I basically see the M4, the M7, the M2, a few other roads, Oxford Falls building, have meetings for hours on end, then turn around and drink way too much coffee, then turn around and see all of those roads all over again. And um, Tim and I, we actually used to live down that way in Narrabeen and I, like, I miss the beach, I love the beach. And so this week I was like, right, once those meetings are finished, I'm going to go down to the beach and I'm going to do some message prep and I'm going to pray and I'm just going to enjoy the ocean. So I wasn't there for long, but as I was down there, I went to DY and um, I was watching the surfers and, like, how, how cool is a good surfer? Have you seen them? Like, when they get up on that wave and they ride that wave in and they make it look so easy, don't they? And you're just like, oh, yeah, I could do that. Not. <laughs> I actually used to surf, believe it or not, in my 20s. <laughs> not very well. But anyway. Um, but, you know, there's, a, there's an ease about... It, they make it look so easy. There's an ease about them riding this wave in. And I, I felt like, as I was watching this, I felt... Um, just the Holy Spirit say, like, that's what prayer does. It creates an ease for us. It creates an ease. It doesn't mean that everything is easy. It doesn't mean that you haven't got this wild wave with so much power and, like, 
current under you. It doesn't mean that the circumstances of life are not like a wild storm under you, but prayer enables you to get up on top of that wave. Prayer enables you to to ride that wave in, to ride the circumstances of life with an ease, with a grace, with a a beautiful um, presence and anointing of God. As you pray, it creates an ease. Prayer takes us to the top of the wave so that we can ride through life. You know, Jesus' disciples, they didn't say to him, teach us how to be better leaders. Teach us how to manage things. Teach us how to make lots of money. They said, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. I think they saw the power that flowed from Jesus' life and they saw that he lived a lifestyle of prayer and they said, we want that. Jesus, teach us. Teach us how do we do this? How do we do this? How do we live a lifestyle of prayer like that? How do we live with a lifestyle like you? And um, lifestyle is key, isn't it? It's not about, it's not about like this, I don't know, religion. Sometimes we turn it into religious thinking. We, it's not about like a, a set prayer we have to pray or a set day or time, even though that discipline can help. But it's, it's a lifestyle of prayer. You know, um, 1 Thessalonians 5.17, it talks about praying without ceasing. And I used to think, how do you do that? <laughs> like, pray without ceasing? Like, how? You know, I'm having a conversation with you. How do I pray without ceasing? But I looked up the actual original word and it actually means constantly recurring. So basically, it's a lifestyle. Your prayers are constantly recurring throughout the day. And I really learned that when I first had Frankie because, you know, babies take over your world. And, um, and I really learned that in those moments, like when I'm hanging out the washing, like to just be talking to God, when I'm doing the dishes, to just be having a chat with him. You know, some seasons it was like I needed to get up early and really seek God and, and pray and fast and do it. Like there's different seasons, there's different moments, there's different ways of prayer. It's not one set thing today. I want to take the pressure off you today because I think sometimes we feel so much pressure. Oh my goodness, I have to pray. I have to get up at 4 a.m. and pray for three hours or I have to kneel by my bed and sweat tears of blood like Jesus did. You know, we put all this pressure on ourselves. But actually prayer, it's just communing with God. It's just talking to him. It's, it's a lifestyle of relationship with him. It's time with him. It's his presence. And so constantly recurring throughout the day. Um, there's the verse in Jeremiah 20, 19. It says, I will not mention, oh, but if I say, I will not mention his word or speak anymore in his name. His word is like a, in my heart, like a fire, a fire shut up in my bones. I am weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. And I was thinking like, how awesome would it be if we were a church, if we were a people like that, that said, you know, God, um, I'm reading your word and, and your word is in me and I cannot keep it inside of me. I have to let it out. I have to talk to you. I have to pray. You know, when someone's like you're busting with some exciting news or, or you're busting for a particular like thing that's going on, you're excited. Like imagine if God's word was like that within us. Imagine if we woke up in the morning so excited to talk to him, so excited to invite him into our day. Like that's the heart of Father God for us. 
He, he is not going, oh, you naughty children who do not come and talk to me and do not pray, you know? Like, he's like, hey, remember, I love you, I love you, I love you. I want to talk to you. I want to spend time with you. That's what prayer is, just time, relationship. Take the pressure off this morning. You know, um, last week Katie said, we want that verse, Lord, heal our land, but we forget the humble ourselves and pray bit, (laughs) you know. And um, too often I think we want the benefits of prayer without the time, without the friendship, without the relationship. And God is such a good God that he blesses us anyway. And he, he does things despite who we are and despite our lack of time with him. He's such a good God. He's such a good, good father. But imagine, church, if we would go to a place where we're like, God, I actually want to commune with you. I actually want time with you. I actually want to be with you and be in your presence. Daniel 2.28 says, God has secrets to reveal. God has secrets to reveal. And you know how he reveals those secrets? When you're in his presence, when you're with him, when you're spending time with him. Jeremiah 33.3 says, Call to me and I will answer you. I will tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. Call on him. How often are we like God or like not even God, but we're like, oh, I need an answer to this problem or I've got this situation and we try and work everything out ourselves and God's like, I've got wisdom for you. I've got answers for you. Call to me, search for me and you will find me. I will speak to you. So a couple of keys for prayer. These are just my own things, right? Is set a time to pray. Schedule it in discipline. Now, like I said, this can vary in different seasons of life. I've had seasons where I've been super disciplined and it's been the same time every morning where I've gotten up and and prayed or whatever. There's been other times, like I said, where it's just literally been throughout the day, you know, doing this, doing that. But it is a discipline. Prayer, and same with the word, it actually requires discipline. You know, I actually think that... um, some, you know, a lot of our, our battles that we face, the things that we go through, is sometimes it's a lack of discipline in our lives. If we could actually discipline ourselves to read the word and get it inside of us, if we could discipline ourselves to spend time with God and to pray and, and to seek his face, I think that we would find there would be more ease, there would be more grace, because that's, the, that's what flows out of time with him, time praying. The other thing, like I said, is to pray constantly. Let your prayers be constantly recurring throughout the day. Whenever you find yourself worrying about something or stressed about something, instantly catch that and turn it into prayer. That in itself is a discipline. How easy is it to worry, worry, worry? I do it when we're driving in the car and you've got all these thoughts flying through your mind and you literally just you know, thinking about who knows what. Imagine if we actually could discipline ourselves to go, wait a second, I'm not going to just drive like blindly, not blind, I'm not blindly driving, don't worry, I'm watching where I'm going, but drive just like thinking about whatever. I'm going to stop in that situation, I'm going to bring it to you, God. There's something that I'm worried about. Okay, God, I'm not. I'm going to stop worrying about that right now and I'm going to bring it to you. I'm going to pray through it. 
Um, so let's just quickly go through some ways to pray, right? This is like just some ideas. The Lord's Prayer. There's a booklet on your seat. If it's not on your seat and your neighbour's got it, you can get some more up the back there on the pallets. But the Lord's Prayer. Now, the C3 Sydney team have put this beautiful booklet together and um, it's Pastor Phil has basically written out the Lord's Prayer and how to pray through the Lord's Prayer. When Jesus' disciples said, teach us to pray, this is what he gave them, was this prayer. It doesn't mean that this is the only way to pray, okay? Let's not get religious. Let's not be like that. It is a way to pray. It is a beautiful way to pray. So I encourage you, take this home and use this booklet to, to pray through um, and to, to go through the Lord's Prayer. But I always think that regardless of how you pray, a great way to start is with praise. You know, the, the, the Lord's Prayer is, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Holy is your name. And so let me tell you, church, when we start to pray, one of the best things is to praise him, praise him, praise him, thank him. And you might start out in a, a place where you don't really feel like you've got much to be praising him for. Maybe you're facing all sorts of stuff, but as you start to say, God, I thank you that I have a roof over my head. God, I thank you that I have this. God, I thank you that I have that. There is always something that we can be thankful for. So start by praising him. Think of that situation. God, I thank you that you've got that situation under control. God, I thank you that that person that's driving me crazy is yours and you love them. And right now I bless them and I thank you for them. And I thank you for what you're teaching me through their love for me. <laughs> Let's pray for people. Bless them. Let's praise him. So the Lord's Prayer is a beautiful way to pray. Another way to pray is like just quiet prayer, meditative prayer, alone with him. The word tells us that Jesus was often on the mountaintop or in the garden alone, praying, spending time with his father, time alone, just like interacting as a son and his father. And, and I just like, I'm kind of practicing this one. Because I'm a bit more of like a Pentecostal, oh Lord, yes, come on, yeah. But I'm, I'm learning to practice the art of sitting or standing and just thinking on him and just quiet, just being a daughter with her father and just listening to what he has to say, meditating on him. Psalm 62.5 says, my soul waits silently Meditating on him, thinking on him. And, you know, because I think the world has stolen that word meditation. <laughs> but actually the Bible talks about meditation. It's not meditating on like, you know, like you don't have to sit there. You know, it's actually, and it's, you know, we don't have to like empty, I'm emptying my mind right now. <laughs> like, please don't get weird on me, church. <laughs> But it, it's about sitting there and meditating on him, which is literally just thinking all about him. Even getting one scripture and just reading that scripture over and over and over and thinking about how good God is. And I, I guarantee you, as you do that, you will feel floods of love coming back at you because he can't help himself. He loves you. He loves you. He loves it when you spend time with him. 
Philippians 4.8 says, Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honourable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. How often do we dwell on the negative, dwell on the issues, dwell on the circumstances, dwell on the problems, dwell on this, that and the other? Let's start to dwell on the good things, on God, on his goodness, on his beauty, on his His protection of us and how good he is and if you're struggling to think of things find scriptures in the word google is your best friend people like google that thing scriptures about peace scriptures about the goodness of god i tell you things will come up just don't go to any you know heresy sites but um (laughs) make sure you're actually reading the word (laughs) but think about dwell on those things joshua 1 8 says this book of the law the word of God, the Bible, it shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have success. How do we have success in life? How do we prosper in life? We meditate on the word of God and we do it. We, we, we read the word of God. We, we pray and declare the word of God. We spend time with him. We allow God to guide us and God to lead us. And that is how we are prosperous and successful. So quiet, meditating, time alone, just dwelling on him, thinking about his goodness. The other, another type of prayer is declaring the word. Now, let me tell you, Sonia, stand up, Sonia, and give us a wave, please. That's not standing. Thank you. (laughs) This woman is like a powerhouse. Next week, church, we're actually going to do a panel and it's going to be all about the word and prayer with some excellent practical stuff, right? It's going to be really awesome. And we've asked Sonia to actually be on that panel. She was like, oh, why not? (laughs) That was actually her reply to me. But (laughs) um, Sonia... Like, she knows the word of God and we, I have a connect group where we come and pray every Thursday morning, 9.30am, if you're free, you're welcome, um, and we just pray together and in this, t- this time, I was just blown away because Sonia would just stand up and she just prayed the word, she just prayed the word, the scripture and there's so much power in it and she's like, I'm sorry, I always cry but I just can't help it, it's just the word and it's beautiful, I want to honour you this morning, Sonia, because you are a woman who has set your heart to seek God and you, you've learnt his word and it's so in you and who you are and, and it just flows out of you and it's incredible, we could all learn so much from you. And so also I want to invite Erna to come because at this Connect group the other week, I was actually away in Adelaide and Erna and Jess were here holding the fort for me. Let's welcome this woman. (laughs) She's a prayer warrior. And um, so in this prayer meeting, like Erna had had a really bad back, like so much agony. Actually, one time she called me and she's like, Jodie, I actually, I'm in a cafe. I can't even move. I don't know what to do. And we just prayed over the phone. But Erna and Jess were in this prayer meeting. Now, if you were here last Sunday, you would have heard Jess gave a testimony about how her back was healed. God revealed something to her and showed her. So in our connect group, in this time of prayer, Jess was able to share with Erna about her healing and her miracle and then pray together. So teach us, tell us what did Jess tell you and teach you and that helped change the way you were praying? I think that connect group <laughs> comes way back, um, far from where um, God actually showed me something. And I and Jess, we were actually exchanging what God shared with us, or what experience we've had with God. So one, mo- um, 
early morning, I got up in the morning um, in June with a back pain. And my husband got up as well and said he had a back pain. I'm like, okay, it's not just me. It's normal. It must be the bed. <laughs> but he got better very quickly. And, and I was in agony for eight days. Went to the doctor like almost every day. Um, we've done all sort of tests that you can think about to find out what's the cause of that pain. And Friday, which was the Vision Builder Day, was the day that the agony was there. It was annoying. I came to church um, for the Connets um, group, sat down at the cafe downstairs, couldn't move, couldn't get up. Um, <laughs> it was annoying. But I remember that I called Pastor and said, I called, I called <laughs> Pastor Jody and said, I can't move. And she prayed with me. And then I called my husband, I can't move. Just after Pastor Jody talking to me and praying with me, one thing I actually remember she said was, I'll see you tonight at the Vision Builders. And I said, I'll see how I go. And I went, oh, what did I just say? I'll see how I go. Doesn't mean anything about faith at all. After a prayer with Pastor Jody. And then I called my husband. He prayed too. He's very good at praying. And um, I got up, finally, but as soon as I got in the car, it got worse. It was terrible. Got to the doctor, and I said, I don't want to even wait. I need him to give me this, like, urgently. I need to go do a CT scan or whatever he wanted me to do. So he gave me more than a CT scan. He gave me every other thing to do. Um, after that, I was in bed the next morning thinking about the fact that I and Pastor Jody just had a chat, and I said, I'll, I'll see how I go. I thought that God ministered to me to say that faith was lacking. The confession that I was giving was totally different from what God wanted me to confess from my mouth. I kept telling people on the phone how horrible my back pain was, how bad it is. It is worse than labor pain that I went through with the two kids. I couldn't remember those pains, but I can tell you, I still remember the pain that I went through last month compared to the, the delivery um, pain that I went through with my kids. But then the Spirit of God said to me, now is the time to change your confession. Change it. You need to start telling people when they call you how good God is. How great the name of Jesus Christ is, and it can change everything, every situation, no matter what back pain, no matter how bad it is. That was when I changed my words. So I and Jess were actually exchanging that that God has actually done, and the power in our confession, the power in prayer, the, the fact that I come to the Connect group, pray with other women, and I think that's how God has actually met with me. Awesome. Thank you, Anna. That's good. And yes, it is just the ladies holding up the fort with that prayer group, but it's not a ladies' prayer group. Anyone is welcome. <laughs> Anyone is welcome. Ephesians 6, 16 to 18, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery darts of the devil and take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. The devil will lose his power of fear, discouragement, division, sickness, poverty, calamity, anxiety and depression over our lives when we pray and quote the word of God over our lives. There is power in the word. The word is our sword. How often, like 
Joanna said, do we just talk about our problems and this happening and that? And it doesn't mean that we can't be real. It doesn't mean that we can't share with people what we're going through. That is important. We need to do that. But declaring the word, making the word the loudest thing and the biggest thing in our lives that we are speaking out. James 5.16 talks about the fervent prayer is a powerful and it is effective. That word fervent is to be active, it's efficient, it's effectual, it's mighty, it's, it's work, working effectively in. So I want to encourage you, church, that as you declare the word, there is power in the word. You know, sometimes I don't know what to pray. And obviously, like there's times when in those times where I'll pray in the Spirit. And I actually want to encourage you this morning, if you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues, that heavenly language, it is a power that every one of us can have and needs to have. Honestly, talking that heavenly language, it is it is a language that goes from our spirit straight to the throne room of heaven and even the devil cannot understand what is being said. It is powerful. And so I want to encourage you, if you don't have that gift of tongues, I am going to stand down here and pray with you this morning after this message. I would love to invite you to come. Don't be, don't be fearful of it. I actually felt, Roseanne, even for you, as I was praying this week, I was like hoping you would be here this morning, but I feel like God is going to give you that gift this morning. You have been desiring it and I actually felt like God said that he wants to disconnect your mind from the process, that that has been, there has been a, because you are such a a thought, a person of thought, you're you're a person who, who analyzes and there's incredible things about that, that's your personality, but I felt God say he actually wants to disconnect your mind from this process and baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire and speaking in tongues this morning. So, love to pray with you and anyone else as well. But as we declare the word of God, there is power in it. One of the things I've started doing recently, because Sonia inspired me to do this at Connect Group, was that I've started getting scripture. And as I pray, I just I just speak it out like Ephesians. Oh my goodness. Like as I prayed the word, the power that I sensed, I was like, hey, I'm going to stop using my own words. I'm going to use his words. Way better. <laughs> Do it, church. Get into it. So quiet, meditative, alone prayer, declaring the word prayer. Um, Corporate prayer is another type of prayer. And we are a church, as Pastor Tim said, or Pastor Josh, one of them, that um, we're always going to pray. We're never going to apologize for praying. And so we have uh, every fortnight on a Tuesday night, we have a prayer meeting here. It is not just for the leaders. It is not just for those people who we think are holy, because who's holy, really? But it is for every single one of you. And I want to encourage you, make the prayer meeting something that you come to. Join with us in corporate prayer. There is power. I love it. I can walk into a Tuesday night feeling tired, feeling a bit like frustrated because I've rushed Frankie out the door to get to prayer meeting. I'm trying to be all, Frankie, we have to go. I'm like, hurry up, get in the car, we've got to get to prayer meeting. (laughs) You know, like this mum just going nuts. Tim's like, what is going on at our house? (laughs) But you know, Sometimes I walk in feeling a certain way, but after spending time together, lifting up the name of Jesus, praying, we pray for you. We pray for your families. We pray for your jobs. We pray for you to have an influence wherever you walk. We pray for the city of Penrith. We, We pray together. 
as corporate people, there's multiple um, sessions, areas, what are they called, verses in the Bible, where it talks about the corporate church, like Peter, he was in prison, and the church were praying for him, in Acts 12, the church were praying for him, and their prayers, corporately, as they prayed together, their prayers unlocked prison doors and freed him, can I tell you church, as we gather here every fortnight on a Tuesday, or Thursday morning connect prayer group, or or ladies, like every first Wednesday of the month, we gather here and pray. As we do that corporately, as you go to a connect group, wherever it might be throughout Penrith in the week, as you corporately pray, I tell you what, our corporate prayers are unlocking prison doors. They are unlocking prison doors. So let's keep praying. Let's keep together corporately praying and believing for prison doors to be unlocked. Friends of family of people all over Penrith. Matthew 18, 19 to 20 says, Where two or three are gathered, there I am in the midst of them. Joel 1, 14 says, Consecrate a fast, call a solemn assembly, gather the elders and all the inhabitants of the land to the house of the Lord your God and cry out to the Lord. It is biblical to come together and pray corporately. So, as I finish, I do just... Obviously, there's a few ways to pray. They are not like the only ways. Don't leave going, oh, well, she didn't cover this and she didn't cover that. (laughs) All right? No one's like that. Oh, sometimes I'm so silly. As we finish, I I really felt to just quickly, even though it's something you could spend a whole message on, but to touch on forgiveness. Because unforgiveness is a soul-eating infection. Joyce Meyer said, See, the act of forgiving is our seed of obedience to his word. Whoa. Oh, man. I love Joyce Meyer. (laughs) She says things that nobody else can say. (laughs) Doesn't she? Has anyone listened to her? She just is like direct. This is how it is. Do it. (laughs) Once we've sown our seed, he is faithful to bring a harvest of blessing to us one way or another. Forgiving is our seed of obedience to his words. See, our fellowship and our relationship with God, it actually gets blocked when we have unforgiveness in our heart. We need to decide to forgive. The word tells us to forgive. So let's decide to do it. We need to depend on the Holy Spirit because we actually can't do it by ourselves. I don't know if you've ever had anyone that you've needed to forgive. I have. Even this morning, like I just thought, okay, I'm going to speak about prayer. I should make sure I've forgiven. <laughs> and I was just like, God, is there anyone? Is there any unforgiveness in my heart? And sometimes that same name just keeps coming up and I'm like, how long is this going to take? And there's, you know, you just feel like there's still a little bit of something in your heart. And so it's like, Holy Spirit, help me again. <laughs> Obey what the word says. Pray for your enemies and bless them. Matthew 6, 14 to 15 says, For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive yours. Matthew 5, 23 says, Therefore, if you're presenting your offering at the altar, if you're presenting your prayer to him, and then you remember that your brother has something against you, or, you know, there's unforgiveness, leave your offering there, leave your prayers there, and go. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and present your offering. I feel like, God, church, when we come and when we pray, we need to say, God, is there unforgiveness in my heart? 
who show me who I need to forgive and help me to do it. Because it's a blockage. It's a blockage to our relationship with Him. It will be a blockage to prayer. It will be a blockage to communing with Him. So I just wanted to encourage you this morning, all of us here, daily, God, it's part of the Lord's Prayer, you know. Daily bread, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Philippians 4, 4 to 7 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. My prayer for myself, for you this morning, is that we would come to a place in our praying where we're declaring in faith, declaring the word, We're strong in what the Word and in faith, but we are doing it from a position of rest. We're doing it from a position of a surrendered heart, trusting that it is done, it is finished, it is yours, God. And then despite the circumstances, despite the facts, despite that things may not have changed in that instant, we surrender to Him and His peace comes upon us, peace that surpasses understanding. This is my, one of my favourite verses as I finish out. Matthew 6, 6 in the message. Here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so that you won't, be, you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God and you will begin to sense His grace. I love that. In that moment, you don't have to come to Him and pretend to be something else. Just come as simply, as honestly as you can. And as you come before him, all of a sudden, things start to shift from me, my problems, my stuff, to you, God. You are amazing. You're incredible. I praise you. You're so good. And then his peace, his grace.